Welcome back to Creepy Campfire, your source for all things strange, the unexplainable, the infamous, and the mysterious. Here are your hosts, Jordan and Ryan. Alright, we're back with another edition of the Creepy, uh, Creepy Campfire podcast. Did it just get me clearing my throat in there, it's a, It got me stuttering, so we're even. <laughs> I think we got all the microphone technical issues worked out. I know that took a couple episodes. I'm sorry, but I really didn't want to cut any content. It's the first couple anyways. Yeah, and now that we have it figured out, we should sound, at least I hope, better than our first episode. Do I sound better to you guys? How's my quality? Please email him at creepycampfirepodcast let me know. at gmail.com and let him know. Got this new microphone. <laughs> it's all fancy. So, Jordan. Yes. What have you been up to since we last met? working a lot still uh still saving for this wedding in october um are you able to say where you work am i able to say where i work yeah i don't see why not throw a little plug in there (laughs) a little plug for (laughs) bacon and butter uh just working my butt off over at bacon and butter a little east and uh and just central down downtown sacramento breakfast spot which just opened a second location yep yeah, me Sacramento J and thirty eighth for uh, those of you over in that neighborhood. If anyone is in the Sacramento Valley area, I seriously like even if you're a couple hours, maybe not a couple hours. We get people from a couple hours. I mean, well, you've had um, what was that the the comedian from New York? Uh, D.L. Hughley. Yeah, came out to the restaurant. Yeah, and he well he didn't come there specifically for bacon, but he no. had heard about it. And now he comes back every time he comes to town. Really? Yeah, he comes back every time. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> that is incredible. Yeah. Shout out to Bacon and Butter. Seriously, I think I put this on the website too, but best bacon gravy you'll ever have in your it's life so good. ever. Uh, get the breakfast sandwich. Get anything on the menu, but the breakfast sandwich is my favorite. It's a real good time. So, what about you? I have been either sick or nursing my sick wife back to health. Yeah, you and Which she doesn't make easy. Not that she's she's not a mean sick person. She just hates not being able to do anything, so she's mad about that. But I've been sick. Cassandra's been sick. Um, I guess that's what working out in the rain will do to you. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't really think it's that bad because I stay pretty dry. Good old rain suits and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, Get your galoshes. <laughs> Good old galoshes. Um, they are work boots, sir. Excuse you. I know they're pretty. They're pretty cool looking. <laughs> they're just rubber Fancy rain galoshes. boots that are really thick. <laughs> yeah. They look uh-huh. professional. But yeah, well, I uh, updated the website, finally. Yeah, so it's looking good, man. If, thank you. If you guys haven't been there yet, I am. it's still in process, uh, but you can go look at it right now. Um, total new look on the website. Uh, we have little blo- little bio blurbs about mm-hmm. uh, me, Jordan, and Cassandra. We're going to get um, some pics in there. Yes, getting some pics in there. We, um, up, I'm updating all of the episode pages. Um, every episode now has a page, but it might not have content yet because I'm still filling it in. I think I'm up to the werewolf episode, so I'm about halfway through. Are you talking about for like for the notes? Yeah, yeah for oh, the show okay. notes show with our sources show. and pictures and everything like that. Gotcha. Um, Links and whatnot. Yeah, so that's being updated, and that's cool. It's getting there. Um, email's still the same, though, so if you guys want to contact us, like I said earlier, creepycampfirepodcast at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, our numbers have been crazy. Well, it's not like we're doing like a million downloads. But, like, in comparison, we've doubled in size what we were doing the month prior, uh, which is pretty crazy. I didn't expect that. And we've not even been promoted on another show yet, which is expect to happen, um, both with the show that we promoted last episode, uh, Graveyard Tales, and then upcoming we're going to be 
shout it out on on Hillbilly Horror Stories, another good podcast that I really recommend you guys go to. Yeah, they're awesome. Hey guys, uh, Ryan jumping in real quick here. Um, actually, since we recorded this, we managed to get our hands on a promo from Jerry and Tracy over at the Hillbilly Horror Stories podcast. Um, so I am actually going to plug that right now so you can guys can get a little taste of the show. Hey guys, my name is Jerry and I'm the host of Hillbilly Horror Stories. You are not doing this without me. Well, that just happened. I'm his co-host and wife, Tracy. At least for the moment, and we are the hosts of Hillbilly Horror Stories, a mostly paranormal podcast, where we also cover anything creepy or unexplained. But mostly paranormal. Yep, I already covered that. What makes our show different from the other shows out there is that I'm going to tell you and Tracy a story. But I've never heard the story, so you're going to get my genuine reaction. There's probably a good chance that I'll ask the same questions that you guys are thinking at home. It's been said that we're scary enough for the true paranormal fan out there, but also funny enough for the skeptics who just want to listen in and have a good time. So hit that subscribe button anywhere you listen to podcasts and see why we have a five-star average rating on iTunes. So, yeah, hopefully just keep on. Well, we're just going to keep on growing, and it's really exciting. Really, what? This is episode 14? 14, I think, yeah. 14? Yeah. Not even a 15 yet, and we've mm-hmm. hit hundreds of yeah, we're, potential listeners. That's yeah. Still, 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 still kind of. I think like 10 foreign countries. Boggles me. There's still like 10 U.S. states that's holding out on us. And it's really funny because like every state around them has listened to us. And I'm like, somebody just like. Let's pinpoint those states, and <laughs> let's do. Let's do. Um, the local the local legends for them well i'll tell you who i'm going to pinpoint next is a state that really like they were i don't think we had any listens uh from them the month prior Mm -hmm. but this month they just have blown up and been showing us all kinds of attention and just want to shout out to them minnesota (laughs) (laughs) minnesota good old minnesota yeah no uh, ever since we dropped i think it was lake anjikuni um from Mm. then on uh minnesota (laughs) really yeah no, seriously, Minnesota really like blew up, and they're one of our biggest listener states now. Um, so our next Urban Minnesota. Legends episode will be good old Minnesota. Minnesota. Um, and now they're not going to listen because I made fun of the accent. Sorry, <laughs> it's hard for me. I have, it's a harder time. I have a harder time not saying it that way. <laughs> oh yeah, it's how you remember it. Like like you spell Mississippi, and that's how you kind of remember it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's upcoming, but for today's episode, what do you have for us today? You are hosting. Yes, I am hosting uh, today. I have the first, I'm going to call it the first widely reported alien abduction case. Um, some people just refer to it as the first alien abduction case, mm-hmm. but I f- feel like there's probably been, if they are a thing, it's probably been happening throughout all of history. So you just mean like first documented or? Yeah, first like heavily documented, widely like worldwide known. Okay. Um, and the couple that was abducted is Betty and Barney Hill. Betty and Barney Hill. Okay. Not to be confused with Betty and Barney Rubble. <laughs> oh, I'm I had a hard time with that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just let everybody know how old you are. Oh, well. I mean, it's not like I'm old yet. I think I should give you a little background on who Betty and Barney is. R is R is <laughs> who Betty, Betty and, and Barney, Barney is R because it's them is. as a couple. So the couple is singular. It still sounds wrong to me. But yeah, I, but I'll go with you. I, I'm sure that's probably the right way to do it. And Just, this is why we're not an English podcast. English 
Um, not teacher podcast. I don't know. <laughs> wow, we well, are off we our game tonight. Of, can't even think of the right word. And this is why we're not a podcast about the English language. There you go. <laughs> Eloquently put. So Betty and Barney Hill uh, were both respected members in their community of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Betty was a college graduate from the U- University of New Hampshire, and Barney was a U.S. postal worker at the time. What, what's the year? The year is 1961. 1961? 1961, that's, sir. That's the first big documented one? It doesn't go back any further than that? That's, that, that's why I don't like saying it's the first alien abduction case, because yeah. I'm sure you could probably go back, but it's the first one that's like worldwide known, honor based, like tip of their tongue. Because also... Well, I mean, it would, it would have been hard before the internet, too. Like, I mean, I get that that's, like, post you get... It's just the, the further back from the internet, the harder it is to gather that information, I feel like. Oh, yeah, totally. Well, you think that Sputnik, the first thing that we actually launched into space, mm-hmm. not us, America, us as a human race, uh, I think we all know the USSR did that, mm-hmm. uh, was set off in 57. Mm-hmm. And I believe Roswell was... Was Roswell early 50s? Think so? Something like it was. It was a little bit before this. Yeah, not yeah. But once like Sputnik kicked off, I mean Roswell was like the beginning of all, like all kinds of UFO sightings started to flood out after Roswell. Um, as far as sightings, as soon as we sent something up, we started seeing stuff, eh? Right, and well, and then so Roswell kind of kicked off. Um, Everyone reporting UFO sightings. It's kind of like after that, that everyone felt okay reporting it. Yeah. And that's why everyone likes to call this the first is after this, everyone felt okay reporting their abduction cases. Mm-hmm. So that's what it kind of, kind of kicked that, that flap off. Started a movement. Yeah. So back to Barney and, and Betty. Mm-hmm. So Betty was a college grad. And, I mean, I think in 61 for a woman to be a college grad is pretty impressive. I don't know the numbers. It's pretty big. But, um. I mean, you hear the stereotype of the age all the time of housewife, so mm-hmm. good for her for breaking out of that. Um, and then you have Barney, who was a postal worker, which is, I mean, it's a pretty respected job. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, it's nothing major, but, like, it's respectable. I mean, you're technically a government employee. Hey, exactly. Good benefits with that. Yeah. Um, they both were members of the NAACP at the time. Oh, cool. Barney had been appointed to serve on the Civil Rights Committee by the governor. Oh, wow. So that's pretty high esteem for the governor to be like, yeah, be on the Civil Rights Committee. He's he's a postal worker and he's going to be on the Civil Rights Committee? Yeah. Well, let me let me keep going. Okay. They so some circles. So we're in 61. Um, a final, the last bit of background, which kind of will tie those things up, and I wanted to save this to last for a reason, um, is they were actually an interracial couple, mm-hmm. uh, which for 61 is super rare. They're interracial interracially married couple in 1961 they are married Uh, yes they were (laughs) married which is pretty cool because it wasn't um fully legal in all 50 states until 67 Mm -hmm. so that's a pretty big deal um which kind of makes a little bit more sense of why um they were in the positions that they were in they're Uh, progressive right which i mean new hampshire uh new england's kind of known for being a little bit more progressive at least in that in the racial area Mm -hmm. compared to the rest of the states um, so it makes sense. But I wanted to mention that last because it really bothered me in all the research I did. It was the first thing that got mentioned that in all the articles. A couple? Yeah. And while I agree that that would pose a lot of stress on them in society at that time, mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's fair to define them by that. 
yeah i get i get what you mean it's it's hard though i mean because you you look back at anything in history that's you know coming out of a history book or an annex somewhere it's that's a race race is one one of the first things to come up typically given a situation and that's specifically was so few and far between back then interracial couples that it was i mean that doesn't that makes sense that that you would see that first yeah. thing well and as this unfolds you'll see that it definitely does play a part in in the ufo encounter um barney's recollections of things um there there is aspects of it that does play a part um i just didn't like that i felt like that was the first characterizing thing you got to know about these people uh-huh. um, before you got to know who they were they were like let's describe what they look like before who they are what's as a person what's that tell you <laughs> yeah <laughs> but um but I, I don't know i thought that was i just didn't like how that was done can i ask um who was was she or was was she blind barney she was african-american okay yeah so which i think is why he not she was appointed to um the state wow my voice cracked like a teenager uh, <laughs> i didn't hear it why barney was uh, appointed to the civil rights committee that's awesome yeah okay and they were both so they were both part of the NAACP. Mm-hmm. Um, they were also um, both members of their local church, which I know doesn't mean a lot, but like it does at least take effort to try to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, the responsible people is what I'm getting. And they're involved at. and they're in yeah. society. There's plenty and... of people, in, and I'm in church, and trust me, like there's plenty of people in, that are members in church that have skeletons in their closet. But I just mean that they're responsible because that is extra tasks that you have to take on your daily life. Yeah. Um. So that's who they are. Okay. Let's get to the fun part, that what happened on uh, the day of their abduction. So you said this is New Hampshire, right? Yes, this is in New Hampshire, and it's actually, it's actually, I think, um, it starts. Well, their journey starts just above the Canadian border. Okay. Um, so Betty and Barney had uh, been taking a little trip up to Niagara Falls. They were uh, in Niagara Falls, seeing Montreal and Canada. Okay. Um, and they were returning from the trip. Barney. Barney seems like a stickler for time with everything that I read, I, and which it makes sense because he was with the Postal Service. They do a lot of traveling and everything like that. Uh-huh. Um, he really wanted to get there as quick as he could, see how long it took and how far they traveled. Okay. So he was ready to hit the road. Like, vacation was cool and all, but I got mail to get out. So they head back through Highway 3, Interstate 3, and as they're coming down, uh, Betty begins to see strange lights just south of Lancaster, New Hampshire. She was kind of growing crazy over these lights. Um, she was looking out the back windshield, kind of up in the seat, looking back, and like, Barney, Barney, we like look at this. And he could not care less. Like, prior to this, Barney was the farthest thing from a UFO. Enthusiast? Y- yes. Um, he was like, that's, I, I don't really care. Okay. Um, that's what, so he's just telling her, like, yeah, it's whatever, sit down. I'm trying to drive this car home. Trying, we got to get here on time, woman. We got to get home on time. <laughs> so that's with our round trip stat, uh, stats. Yeah. Yeah. So she's going crazy over these lights, but it's also because this light that she sees is going crazy, too. Um, she described it initially as, like, a shooting star, except or no, a falling star, except it was doing that upward. And then it would stop and zigzag, and it was just kind of going crazy all over the sky. Um, so she kept trying to get Barney to pull over so she could look at this thing. Um, she's just like, Barney, pull over. Come on, come on, come on. And he was, he was not having it. He's like, no, we got you home. 
And then finally, he was like, okay, we'll pull over because they need to let the dog out. Mm-hmm. So so they pull over. Betty grabs, um, and they pull over just south of Twin Mountain. And Betty pulls out Barney's binoculars to try to get a closer look at this thing. Uh, she saw an odd-shaped craft with flashing lights, and it was going in front of the moon. You know, that's kind of how you can tell, like, it's not a star if it's going across the surface of the moon. Mm-hmm. We know it's not just Jupiter or something like that. So bon- uh, she she was still going crazy over this thing. Barney uh, took the binoculars from her and was just like, no, you're crazy. It's just an airplane. Like, it's just a plane going from Vermont up to Canada. But then as he looks back at it, he sees this thing descending on them quicker than any plane could. So it's like he was talking trash about it. And then he was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to show you what I am. And okay. it, like, makes a beeline for them. They freak out. They get in the car um, and they take off and they start hitting the back roads. And as they're hitting these back roads, they kind of start to slow down a little bit so they can get a better look at this thing and tell, like, like what is this? Um, it's still after them at this point? It's still after them. Which And Barney's still not sold that it's a UFO. Yeah. Barney's like, is this a military plane? Because there's a, there's an Air Force base not far from them. Yeah. So he's like, this there shouldn't be a military plane like flying make, in this close. Yeah, he's trying to be as logical as he can. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they're kind of going slow through these back roads. They're letting this thing get closer so they can actually tell what it is. So as they're hitting these back roads, they pass a diner at one point, and they say this thing flies over the diner. Um, they pass uh, the old man of the mountain. You know what that is? Mm-mm. You Have you ever seen, like, on the back of quarters um, sometimes, it's like a, a, a cliff, but the cliff is, like, shaped in the face of an old man with, like, a big nose? Mm-mm. Oh, well, it's on quarters. I'm pretty sure, like, on the it's, like, on the New Hampshire state quarter. Okay. Uh, man, I'm a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just not... I just, I just haven't. Uh, but it's done a fa- It's a famous natural landmark. Like I don't think anybody carved it. I think it was just, like, yeah, was eroded that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's the old man of the mountain, and it's about a forty. It's about forty feet tall, I guess. Yeah, four um, stories. And they said that it, uh, it was twice the size of the old man on the mountain as they saw it fly past it. So it's twice the size of that. It's flying over diners. They're hitting these back roads, and then suddenly this craft, it goes in front of them. Everything I've said, uh, Barney says that this thing goes in front of him and gets close enough to cause him to stop. Now, what I think of that is like it gets like in front of him and is like 20 feet off the ground, mm-hmm. blocking the road. No, this thing's still like 100 feet off the ground. I would have kept booking it. Uh, yeah. But he says that, you know, it freaked him out enough to make him stop. It was about 80 to 100 feet off the ground. Well, especially if, I mean... You've been driving for this long. It's probably been following you for a good length of time here. I don't know. If something was keeping up with my car going from state to state potentially like that, I'd be pulling over if it got in front of me too. Yeah, I mean, I th- I wouldn't have slowed down to look at it to start with. I would have just punched that gas pedal and got yeah. home. Yeah, yeah. wouldn't have stopped to let the dog out of the car. I mean, it still probably could have outrun me if it really is a UFO that crossed galaxies, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do my best with man's material. Yeah to get out of eyesight after he's pulled over and they're, they're looking at this thing it's a uh, 80 to 100 feet in the sky and the weird thing is this whole time this craft is silent and it's really kind of freaking barney out because he knows that's not how aircraft work he's kind of waiting for us like if it makes a sound i know it's it's man-made kind of so this whole time this thing has been flying silently it's just hovering there silently above them barney then takes out his pistol and his binoculars and gets out of the car to approach the vehicle or to the approach the craft first off barney why are you riding around strapped like, let me pull my pistol real quick. Like, why are you just traveling across the country border, mind you? Because they were just in Niagara Falls yeah. with a pistol. More uh, 
lax border patrol there. Man, Mounties, get on your game. <laughs> First, we get villages going, uh, disappearing up in... We are not talking less about Mounties. <laughs> We're not doing that. Yeah, they're not going to come down here. I hope they don't come down here. Anyway, so Barney's strapped. He's going up uh, with his binoculars to get a look, because this thing is still fairly far away. Mm-hmm. And he describes it as pancake-shaped. Uh, says it has a row of windows along the side of it, kind of like like where a windshield would be. I guess you would on like a, on the thin side. Vertical pancake or round? No, pancake? no, no. Like like if a if you like threw it like a frisbee, like saucer. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. But it's like all flat, like a pancake. Yeah. So with his binoculars, Barney spotted eight to eleven figures inside the craft, and he um, he described them as humanoid, not as humans, but humanoid, so bipedal, general shape of a guy, of a, of a human. And then he said, as he was watching them through his binoculars, all but one of these creatures moved at once um, to what I believe he thinks was a control panel to do do various operations on the ship. And huh. the one being that was left behind, he said that he, he that being was communicating with him and saying, just stay there and keep looking. Just stay there and keep looking. And I'm assuming telepathically. We don't know. It could have been like he was just encapsulated in the moment and this dude could have been this alien dude. Excuse me. <laughs> Can't disrespect dude. the alien dudes. Alien dude. It could have been just like broadcasting it through a speaker, but he was just like so in the moment. But either way, it was communicating to him and just telling him like, hey, just stay there. Just stay right where you're at. And then at that moment, two telescoping bat wings come out from the side. Not like like actual bat, just kind of general bat shape. Mm-hmm. Kind of like what you, like I imagine, um, I'll show you a picture and we'll have a picture up on the, on the website so you can get a better idea. And this is an actual drawing that Barney did himself. Okay. Um, so two telescopic wink thing. Yeah, so it's telescopic, so it folds into himself. I think that's probably why he describes it as bat-like more than anything because you have those kind of defined ridges, mm-hmm. you know? So these two te- telescopic bat wings emerge from the sides of the craft, and they have lights on either end of them. Um, and then also a large structure came from underneath the craft, and that came within about 50 feet of Barney. So at this point, Barney... Mm, Barney... So at this point, Barney like starts to flip. I don't know why he didn't already, but Barney starts to flip, tears the binoculars off his eyes, runs back to the car, and he's all in a panic um, telling Betty they're going to capture us. And he specifically says they're going to capture us. And so they get out of there. They peel out of there like a bat out of hell, and he's telling Be- Betty to keep an eye on the flying saucer. Mm-hmm. At that point, they're, they're peeling down the road. They're not staying slow anymore. They, they got enough of a look. They're yeah. getting out of there. Um, they start to hear a buzzing noise. And they said it seemed to be hitting the trunk. You have some kind of sonic thing hitting the trunk. It's kind of emulating through the rest of the car. And they said they start to kind of feel tingly. And then at that point, there's nothing. So, like, immediately, it looks like you just hit paused. And then they start hearing that buzzing again. And they wake up. And they wake up 35 miles down the road. No, like, two, I think, two to three hours of missing time. No clue what happened. In the car still? In the car. Yeah. They got beamed up? Got beamed up. What do you got from this point? A lot of questions. So, they're in their car. Sonic. You said Sonic. Why did you say Sonic? Something Sonic starts hitting there. Well, that's just kind of how I picture it. It's kind of like a, I don't want to say a Sonic weapon, but like, because they describe it as um, something, something, like they're hearing this buzzing, and it's just kind of, they don't see anything physically hitting their tr- mm-hmm. their trunk of their car. But um, it's just kind of like if you were shooting like vibrations, which I think sound waves, so like some kind of sonic device mm-hmm. um, at the car. And then that's when they black out 
and then they hear that noise again and wake up and they're 35 miles down the road hours later hmm. we will go into detail about what happened in that gap but that's this is just like initially what happened i don't know i mean was it was it like a sound that they they put them to sleep with and then brought them back with like after they were done with them possibly they it was the was the thing that made the sound did that get them into the ship and then beam them back down into the car and they woke back oh like a track tractor beam situation yeah or Or maybe it was whatever or a particle beam or whatever it's whatever they (laughs) star trek beams people up with i mean because if it was a tractor beam or something like that something like would have had like bring the whole car up yeah so they didn't describe anything as far as like the car wasn't pulling or anything like that or being lifted yeah um they just describe they they say like it's like it's being hit mm-hmm. with that so. interesting yeah okay i want to know i want to know what they say happened okay <laughs> all right so now we're gonna we're gonna move on to post blackout hills okay so when they got up they were in kind of a fog um they you know very out of sorts kind of yeah so then they, they finished their trek home. They arrived home, and they kind of started taking inventory of themselves and their stuff. Because uh, they, like, they still weren't quite feeling right. Uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't say what their dog what happened to their dog during that You know that they left the dog totally out. Because the dog I'm, would I'm be, gonna the assume dog would be the freaking best. out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because either it went with them or it didn't. And either way, that dog is freaking out. <laughs> so. <laughs> so they get home... Um, they the first thing they notice is there's circular markings on their trunk, on the trunk of their car, and they had a, a '57 Chevy Bel Air, so that makes me real sad. Yeah, you don't want to put marks on that. No, it's a classic. Yeah, old school. I love it. Okay. Throw some twenties on it. So. Uh, <laughs> so. No, you can't do that. That's classic. White walls. White walls. White walls. Thank you. That's uh, it. Maybe with a box Chevy, but no, not not to that car. So, so they, circles on the trunk. Yeah, so they noticed circles on the trunk. Uh, Betty's dress had been torn in a few places, and it had kind of a pink powder on it that had left a permanent stain. She had put her dress on a clothesline, and that, and like the powder blew off, mm-hmm. but the the dress was permanently stained after that. And then uh, Barney, <laughs> best way to say this, uh, Barney felt like his junk was strange, not the junk in his trunk. Like, what? <laughs> was strange like what do you wait does he does he go into detail what what does he mean what do you mean <laughs> um his balls wasn't feeling right okay yeah he thought that was weird and then also like betty were used or <laughs> <laughs> i mean that all that all depends i mean oh um... <laughs> my response will differ <laughs> ending it wasn't a it wasn't a hurting feeling okay. i'll put it that way okay um, and then Betty also had felt like her, she, she had a pain in her stomach, specifically like her belly button, a okay. pain in, yeah. So she had a pain in her belly button. Uh, Barney's balls are not doing good at this point. We've <laughs> <laughs> seen better days. Yeah. I've seen, seen many, many better days. Um, and then another thing that was strange about it is neither of their watches worked after that ever again. And then Barney couldn't remember why his the strap on his binoculars were torn which we had discussed earlier like he'd freaked out and kind of ripped them off his face mm-hmm. and that's likely like what happened uh, but he couldn't remember that when they when they got out of this they couldn't remember um that gap of time in between the buzzing and both the details on both things were kind of fuzzy 
The details on both things. What do you mean? Um, that's yeah, that was a really bad description. Um, the the details about kind of just before and just after the incident. So they were hazy on yeah. the events prior. Yeah. After this, um, the Hills uh, contacted Peace Air Force Air Force Base to report the incident, but they left some of the details out because they didn't want to sound crazy. Yeah. Uh, but they just wanted to report something in case of. Because they were still trying to be kind of logical about it. Yeah, logical but responsible. Yeah, basically, like they were, they were like, well, maybe we don't remember this exactly right, but we know we saw something, so yeah. we need to Get at least there. let the authorities know. So they told people at the Air Force Base, mm-hmm. which of course not a lot came from it. And uh, this time is when Project Blue Book was going on. Um, if you're not aware, and if any of our listeners are not aware, Project Blue Book is a period of time after Roswell that I think ended either in the late 70s or early 80s, mm-hmm. somewhere in that time, um, where the government actually did look into every single UFO case that was reported. Um, but you have people that are like, yeah, Blue Book was a good idea because they actually took it seriously, but then you have majority of people that actually looked into the case. And actually, I think Project Blue Book files are they're kind of like public, public knowledge now, like they've been mm-hmm. released to the public. Um, And basically, they looked at it, uh, a lot of people think that Blue Book was just kind of a a disproving campaign, so they could go through and write off all these these sightings. That they have their, like, what they did about it, but... Yeah, so they can at least say, oh yeah, we looked at it, but we think you're crazy. Yeah, sounds about right. So, at this point, Barney just kind of wanted to just be like, okay, well, we reported it, we did what we were supposed to do, so I want to forget about it, Mm because I'm a logical post worker. But Betty didn't want to let it go. Betty, a few days later, checked out a book on UFOs from her local library and was really captivated by it to the point where she reached out and wrote a letter to the author, which was a a Marine Corps Major Donald Kehoe. Kehoe was actually the head of NICAP, which is an organization of civilians to investigate these encounters better than they thought Blue Book was doing at the time. Okay. Yeah. It was kind of like early MUFON. But not connected to MUFON, I don't think, because I don't want to... Early what? So MUFON is the current civilian agency that handles, like, UFO reports and all that kind of stuff. Which, and then I think they were involved with uh, Billionaire Tycoon. That's a whole other episode. I didn't know there was a uh, civilian... Yeah, MUFON, check it out. MUFON. Okay. Yeah, but this is NICAP. I believe NICAP was pre... Yeah, NICAP, I think, is pre-MUFON. Um, Nightcap, no move on? No move on. Nightcap. Nightcap for the win. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure those are acronyms. Oh, yes. I, you know, I probably should break that down. Thank you. Thank I'm you, just, Jordan. I'm assuming. I'm assuming. No. Okay. So Nightcap stands for National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena. Mm. Yeah. That makes sense. Nightcap. Yeah. Major Keyhole then arrived after doing a little correspondence with Betty, and he began to interview the Hills. And he interviewed them separately for a total of six hours. So he really spent some time, yeah, like going in on them to really make sure they had their story straight. And in the end, he concluded that they're not lying. At -hmm. least they're not, they don't have the actions of a person that would be lying or trying to get attention or anything of that sort. And that he didn't believe that they were lying and that the only mistakes they might have in their story are like, Minor details, very minor details. That would make sense if they were a little, a little flustered, especially after all that. Oh yeah, I'm sure it's easy to mistake some simple things, misgiving colors or something. Exactly. So after that, um, ten days later, I'm sorry, ten days after the UFO encounter, Betty started having these very detailed dreams, um, and these 
dreams sounded like abductions um and they kind of sounded like they were filling that that memory gap Mm -hmm. that they had and betty just kept digging in on ufos um in the coming years but barney still like he did not want to give credit to it but it was bothering them and they kind of noticed an increase in anxiety and kind of a higher temper in the both of them so still bothering his balls (laughs) still bothering the balls uh so barney's uh he started going to therapy to try to help him with this okay couples counseling for abductees (laughs) (laughs) no no he was going solo oh yeah it was just barney going by himself um handling his own business good on him yeah let's talk a little about betty's dreams probably Mm -hmm. you say probably yeah (laughs) i wasn't totally gonna include it but we should probably mention at least a little bit so that way people can have an idea yeah so in november of 61 uh betty began writing down her dreams in one dream she and and barney encountered a roadblock and men who men surrounded their car she lost consciousness struggled to regain it then realized that she was being forced by two small men to walk in a forest in the nightmare and seeing barney walking behind her through when she called to him uh, seemed to be in a trance or sleepwalking uh, the men stood about five foot five and wore matching blue uniforms. In the dreams, Betty, Betty, Barney, and the men walk up a ramp to a disc-shaped craft of metallic appearance. Once inside, Barney and Betty were separated. She protested and was told by a man she called the leader that if she and Barney were examined together, it would take much longer to conduct the exams. She and Barney were taken to separate rooms. Betty then dreamt that a, that a new man, similar to the others, entered to conduct her exam with the leader. Betty called this new man the examiner and said he had a pleasant, calm manner. The leader and examiner spoke to her in English. Uh, The examiner's command of the language seemed imperfect, uh, and she had some difficulty understanding him. The examiner told Betty that he would conduct a few tests to note differences between humans and the craft's occupants. He seated her on a chair, and a bright light shone on her. A man cut off a lock of Betty's hair, examined her eyes, ears, mouth, teeth, throat, and hands. <clears throat> and my cough. It's vicious, man. Sorry. He saved trimmings from her fingernails, examined her legs and feet, and the man used a dull knife similar to a letter opener to scrape some of her skin onto what resembled cellophane. He then tested her nervous system and thrust a needle into her navel. Remember that belly pain? Mm-hmm. Which caused Be- Betty agonizing pain whereupon the leader uh, waved his hand in front of her eyes and the pain vanished. Uh, The examiner left the room and Betty engaged in conversation with who she called the leader. She picked up a book with rows of strange symbols that the leader said she could take home with her. She also asked from where he came and he pulled out an instructional map dotted with stars. In Betty's dream account, the men began escorting hills from the ship when a disagreement broke out. The leader then informed Betty that she couldn't keep the book, stating that they had decided that the other men did not want her to e- even remember the encounter. Betty insisted that no matter what they did to her memory, she would one day recall the events. Then they were taken to the car, where the leader suggested that they wait to watch the craft's departure. They did show and resumed their drive home. And this is this is a dream that Betty had, but it's pretty... That's really vivid and detailed. Oh, yeah, but I mean, I have some pretty vivid and crazy dreams myself. Yeah, I guess I don't, so that's why I have trouble picturing <laughs> it, but it's more at least it's been a long time. I mean, she was having these dreams for like 10 days, and she started writing them down, and if it was a reoccurring dream, I don't know. I mean, we I think we touched on it a little bit in our first episode, but with dreams, 
like keeping a dream journal mm-hmm. makes those dreams more vivid and you kind can, of piece stuff together. Yeah, yeah. There's that teenager again. Mm-hmm. He needs a name. <laughs> yeah, so that was one of Betty's dreams. Freaky. Yeah, so Betty's having crazy dreams. I wish she got that book. Right, I wish she'd had that book. That would have been cool. Yeah. So Betty's having dreams. Barney's going to therapy. Mm-hmm. The dog is... The dog is MIA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hopefully he's... Maybe, maybe he's on like... They're like, we don't remember having a dog. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Liggins have a dog now. Picked up a golden retriever. <laughs> For their troubles. Perfect. Okay. So the pastor at their church invited a speaker to come and 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 speak on a, a book of poetry that he had recently written and it was a captain captain benjamin sweat but while he was speaking the pastor also inquired about his uh his opinions on hypnosis because mm-hmm. i guess he had been a little outspoken about his beliefs without with hypnosis mm-hmm. so after after betty had been hearing this her and barney approached captain sweat i really hope i'm saying his name right s-w-e-t-t sweat yeah that sounds right to me. it's not sweet it's an unfortunate <laughs> unfortunate last name so they talked to the captain and um they they approached him about um actually putting them under hypnosis they were interested in hypnosis to retrieve these lost memories that they had had try to recall yes but good old captain sweat was smart enough to know not to do that and to suggest a professional so he told them he's like hey you probably should go and talk to like barney seeing a therapist go talk to your therapist see if your therapist recommends it Mm mm-hmm Good on you, Captain. That's how everyone should treat that. Um, so Barney does. He talks to his therapist, and he's like, hey, I'm kind of interested in, um, oh, let me let me see if I can get this right, um, regressive memory hypnosis to try to recover those lost memories. Real quick, wait, you don't think that it's a good idea for any amateur hypnotherapist to just go ahead and, <laughs> and hypnotize people? Uh, I would not advise that. We, we do not, not condone that at the Creepy Campfire Podcast. That's not, that's not a... That's not kosher? That's frowned upon? I, I mean, I tend to think so. I'm going to be hypnotized. <laughs> oh my god. Alright, go ahead. What surprises me is actually Barney's therapist was on board. He's like, sure. He's like, I'll even recommend you a person. So then Barney's therapist sends them to a Dr. Benjamin Simon, uh, who performed hypnosis sessions from January 4th, my birthday, 1964. I'm not that old. Uh, to June 6th, 1964. Uh, they were done in separate sessions, so just like how they've been interviewed separately. Uh, this, by the aliens? No, by... Uh, <laughs> examined no. separately. No, no, no. Well, <laughs> I guess, yeah. So they, they were examined separately, but then also when uh, the nightcap guy came, yeah, he interviewed them separately. So it's all to make sure they don't collude together and, and, and start feeding on each other's stories. Mm-hmm. They were done in separate sessions, so they couldn't build on each other's stories, and then Simon put them back into an amnesiac and i'm putting hard air quotes on this because i don't know how much i buy it but you know what we're going to get into that in a second uh, puts them back into an amnesiac state at the end of each session so like basically he's getting them to remember this he's writing it down and then he's getting them to forget it again so that way they couldn't go home and he'd be like oh betty guess what i just like remembered today and they feed off of that hmm i don't know if i've heard of making people forget too i've heard of like doing the recalls and then people not necessarily being able to remember still when they wake up only when they get back to that certain kind of state that they recall something like that but i don't see i don't know how a hypnotherapist could make somebody forget i mean i guess yeah i don't i mean and i'm not a hypnotherapist never been hypnotized or a clinical psychologist but i have a friend 
who, while he's not a psychologist himself, he wanted me to make very clear he does not have his PhD, he is not a practicing psychologist, but he does have his bachelor's in psychology, and that's a lot more than I have as far as knowledge of psychology. Shout uh, out to Nate. Yeah, so I'm going to now introduce my best friend, Nathan Gutierrez, as we do a little interview about hypnosis, because I thought without this regressive memory, which is what recalls through um, the abduction part of this encounter, it's mm -hmm. just a UFO sighting. So basically, this hypnosis is the difference between a sighting and an abduction. So I was like, okay, well then how valid is hypnosis? Yeah. So that's why I wanted to reach out to Nate and be like, hey, Nate. You studied psychology for four years. You're still you're working into getting grad school for it. Um, why don't, do you know anything about it? And he's like, yeah, I know a little bit about hypnosis. We talked about it a little in school. So mm -hmm. let me pass the mic on over to him, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Hello, everybody. We're bringing our first expert guest into the campfire today. Uh, we're bringing in my very close friend, Nathan Gutierrez. He has a bachelor's degree of science in psychology and is currently working to get into grad school uh, to finish up and become a full-fledged psychologist. Uh, but he's still got more knowledge than me. Isn't that right, Nate? Uh, yes, I like to think so at times, but the, don't hold me to that, though. <laughs> So I'm bringing you on this episode because we're talking about Betty and Barney Hill, um, the first widely publicized UFO abduction case. Um, and the interesting thing about it is it's not like Barney and Betty came out and said, um, oh, yes, last night we remember being abducted by aliens and all of these crazy experiments happened to us. It's not the case. Um, they actually had a, a gap in time. Um, I believe it was a two hour gap in time where they're not sure exactly what happened during that time frame. They just know they were one place and then two hours later they were 35 miles away. They kind of let it go for a little while and then after a period of I believe 10 days, Betty started to have nightmares um, and it was bothering her so she went to see a psychologist which then referred her to a another physician who... Um, dealed in hypnosis re regressive memory recollection um, and then that's kind of where everything got connected and they from there they they went on with the abduction story so I just wanted to bring on my friend that studies psychology to find out more about how hypnosis is viewed in the medical world and its practicality and whether it's valid or not so Nate why don't you take it away from there? Okay. I appreciate you. Um, and I just want to clarify that most of the information that I'm about to give to you um, is coming straight from the American Psychological Association because I didn't have that much background in studying um, this type of therapy. Um, and a lot of this, this type of therapy, hypnosis, kind of has some backlash to it. There's some supporters, but there's also a big number of skeptics as well in this type of field and in this topic of treatment. Um, what, what I want to first bring up, though, is that in the American Psychological Association that I was telling you about before, that was written by Brendan Smith back in January 2011, it talks about everything that hypnosis is not. Hypnosis is a lot of times misinterpreted because of television and the media, things like that. Most of the time of what you see is people getting to a deep sleep and kind of like clocking like a chicken and they are given commands and they're very obedient to these commands. But what they bring up 
a lot is in this article is that hypnosis is mainly used a lot for relaxation techniques even though hypnosis and television shows have damaged the public image of hypnosis a growing body of scientific research supports its benefits in treating a wide range of conditions including pain depression anxiety and phobias now hypnosis can create a highly relaxed state of inner concentration and focus attention for patients and the technique can be tailored to different treatments such as CBT cognitive behavioral therapy which is what i learned a lot when i was a student at Morehead State University so that's kind of to give you kind of like an idea of what hypnosis is used for the idea of it is to just mainly just relax you now when it comes to in a sense of retrieving memories um, it's definitely on thin ice that this article talks about a lot it definitely helps the patient to reduce distress because of that it allows you to focus on your subconscious which comes from the ideas of Sigmund Freud that you have a conscious which is kind of like your brakes, gives you all your decision-making, and then your subconscious is your inner, your inner setting in the brain. In that inner setting, it has all your impulsivity, all your instinctive characteristics, and a lot of memories are also stored in there. Joseph Green also was written in this article. He's a psychology professor at Ohio State University in Lima. In, in research shows of how, how when you're in that trance, you are very vulnerable to commands and it's very easy to plug in false memories if if not done right by a therapist because they can lead you to all sorts of all sorts of things through the smallest kind of ideas there was one article another article that i'll get into but later on and but as of right now it can be damaging in the same instance especially in the realm of retrieving memories overall and that's kind of what they think about hypnosis. Okay, so what I'm getting then from hypnosis is that it is a legitimate practice, um, maybe not as efficient as others, um, but it is a, a practice that's mildly accepted from the professional community. Is that correct? Uh, yes, yep. Okay, just, just want to make sure. And so it does have its positive aspects to it, and it could be possibly do what has been claimed here not necessarily reaching in and pulling a memory out but more so relaxing that person enough to where they might be able to recall something that might have been for example like so tragic that they're they blocked it out on un, un, subconsciously is that correct yeah also but also in a sense though it's good to keep in mind when retrieving memories like i said there is suggestibility that comes into play you're very vulnerable to that when you're in that kind of trance. And that's when, if not done right, uh, false memories could be implanted. Yes, and I actually heard a little bit about that myself. As I was researching this, I found an interview with uh, Betty Hill where she she discussed this a lot. And she thinks that a, or she mentioned that this hypnosis treatment, if not done by a, a, a very highly trained medical professional, is dangerous, like you're saying, because it is very easy to to suggest in these false memories. So unless you're being very intentional to not do that, um, it's, it's very easy for that to slip in. Oh, yes, for sure. And I think actually hypnosis got a really bad name in the 90s just because in a lot of court cases, people were going to prison because of this. There was a lot of false allegations made by people, and they say they got these memories from seeing 
a psychologist for hypnosis. And you know, that's kind of the same thing with the UFO community. They've also, it's, I think partially because of the skepticism of hypnosis in general, uh, but also because of the, if you are going to believe in, in the effectiveness of hypnosis, then the uh, very easy ability it is to sub- subject these memories into someone. Most people have written these UFO stories off because if you look back from the the time of the hills, so 1961 through, let's say, the 80s, um, Uh, The majority of the large UFO cases, especially UFO abduction cases, you read about, you read about them going through this regressive memory hypnosis. Um, So a lot of people have have suggested that their memories are suggested because the medical professionals were either were not properly trained or they maybe at the time were not aware of how easy it is to to have that suggestibility. Right. And another thing, another factor that I believe comes into play is that because clinicians and clients are not able to decide whether what's an accurate memory and what's not, because if the reason they're going to see a psychologist is to retrieve those memories, but you also got to think at the same time, a therapist doesn't know or a psychologist doesn't know what is an accurate memory. Right. So if, I mean, once they go through that process, they believe it's a legitimate memory and have no question about it, but because they weren't on the outside looking in of that process, they have no clue. Yeah. Um, so it actually lends a little more credibility to hypnosis than I had previously given it. It suggests that if done by the proper physician, that this could be a possibility that you could maybe not just reach in and pull memory out, but maybe possibly relax that patient into a state where they can recall it. So it does make it a possibility if, if done by the proper trained physician. Yes, yes, for sure. And I remember I did some research on this, like I was saying earlier, and I stumbled upon a video. Her, her name is Wendy Mirren, and the video came out like around February 12th of last year, or 2017, I should say. And she made a good point. Our memories have the ability to shift and change, and they can't be bet as 100% accurate a lot of the times. And then there was another video that I seen by Ben Bolin, and it's a video on YouTube. You can look it up. It's called Does Does Hypnosis Actually Work? And he breaks it down pretty much from the ground up of what hypnosis actually is and what it's actually used for in the medical field. He also considered, he says that hypnosis is a trance-like state characterized by suggestibility, relaxation, and highlight imagination. So you are very vulnerable to a lot of things when you are digging into the subconscious part of your mind. But it, 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 it does have empirical research to prove that it does work, but at the same time, there's also a lot of research that's saying that it doesn't work, and it's failed a lot of times through history. Oh, so it has failed. That's interesting. Um, I have read a few articles here and there where patients have actually, they were going into to surgeries, uh, major surgeries. They declined the use of anesthesia and actually opted to use hypnosis, um, to kind of put them under, to go through the entire surgery. Did you happen to, have you heard anything about that? Yeah. I stumbled upon a couple of articles and also some material that have said that. And that goes back to kind of like the the more accurate representation of hypnosis of what it's actually used for. 
just because in that sense you're at an extreme focus on something and so you're not paying attention to other factors such as the pain that you could go through um, the anxiety of going through surgery and other things like that gotcha well, Nate, you know, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. Um, is there anything else that you want the people to know about hypnosis that either might be a rep- misrepresentation or just just something people aren't aware of? Um, just pretty much kind of what I said before. Um, hypnosis does have its benefits, but also at the same time in my findings and research, it does. It, it does have a medically sound empirical evidence. It does work with pain and things like that and works with anxiety as well because the focus is drawn away out of your environment and you're focused on the task at hand is the, as, is the therapist. But at the same time, when you're into the aspect of retrieving memories, that's when you get on thin ice. And that pretty much sums up kind of my what I found on hypnosis. And I want to clarify again, I mean, I'm no expert on this kind of field. I was never, I was never really taught that in my four years of studying at Moorhead. Most of my uh, studies have been more CBT based, but it was very interesting to look into hypnosis. I never really looked at it until up in this point. So thank you for having me on here and also giving me some new information by being on this show. Oh, of course, it's no problem. We really appreciate you taking the time and and learning a few new things. Like who knew through looking up UFO cases, you could learn, you know, medical knowledge throughout this. It's really cool. Hopefully the next time or well, maybe not the next time you won't graduate that quickly. And I guarantee we'll probably (laughs) probably have you on before then. But hopefully soon we can refer to you on the show as Dr. Gutierrez. We'll see. It's a lot of lot of classwork and a lot of homework ahead of me. But first step is getting into grad school first. But <laughs> we'll see. I appreciate you though taking having me on the show and and trusting my knowledge. <laughs> All right. So Jordan, unfortunately, you couldn't have been there for that interview. So what do you what do you think about that? Well, everything that you just heard. That was some good insight from Nate. Um, we got to get him back to town, by the way. Um, yeah, I mean that sounded good. I don't, I wasn't aware of his what his background was. I didn't. I couldn't remember what his bachelor was in. Um, like I was saying, I didn't know that that's what he had his bachelor's in. But uh, I guess a lot of what I heard him talking about was is along the lines of what I've heard about hypnosis in general already. Honestly, it was. It sounds more respected than I thought it was. To be honest, mm-hmm. I thought it was more of a kind of parlor trick type thing. I didn't know it was actually accepted. At least is in one form, maybe not as much as regressive memory, um, but at least in relaxing a patient. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't really that, think about those uses. Yeah, and which before it, surgery, it makes sense too that maybe not. Okay, I'm going to put you in a trance and then I'm going to take you back to that day and recall and pull that memory out of your mind. But like, okay, it is accepted that maybe that person's just having a really hard time because of their anxiety to recall that. Mm-hmm. So we're just going to relax them to where they don't feel the pressure to recall that. They had, so these two had just started going to hypnosis, right? Yes. Yeah, so, so they went through about six months worth, worth of hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what they recalled was basically what Betty's dream was. Mm-hmm. So I won't, I won't recant that because there's no need to do that. This episode's already turning out to be long enough. <laughs> Barney too? Barney too. Barney, they both went through it. And it was uh, very similar things. There's only a few things left out from that main dream that Bar- uh, Betty was having. Mm-hmm. I'll fill in those gaps now. So they... Door scratch? Did you hear that too? 
I heard a splash. Like how big of a splash? Oh, was it from the fish tank? That's what I thought it was. Oh yeah, one of the fish probably jumped up for aeration. Jordan, yeah. man, I got the headphones on. I thought something scratched at the door. Oh, sorry, I can't remember. I'm I... over here thinking paranormal stuff's <laughs> happening while we're on the mic. Like, like hold on, guys. Like, Did one of your fish jump out of its cage? Best episode ever. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, don't no ghosts in here. Bless this. Yeah, for real. Holy ghost. Trinity, no out of here. Uh, so the few things that were left out of Betty's dream, few specifics that they ended up recalling. Um, through their hypnosis session, hypnosis sessions, uh, whereas so this book that they were given um, in the star system, mm-hmm. so uh, they said that the where they were from was the Zeta Reticuli. So sometimes this is referred as to as the Zeta Reticuli abductions. The needle that they inserted into Betty uh, was they said that it was for a pregnancy test, uh, which I think there's actually a form of that pregnancy test that was performed by physicians here on Earth. Um, but that didn't start to happen until 10 years later. So hmm. that's interesting. And then Barney's balls probably feel weird um, because uh, in during his sessions he recalled um, some kind of cup being like surrounding them. Uh, that sounds like a cup being. No, not a being shaped like a cup. Um, a cup was placed there. Um, and they they examined it. Thank you uh, for clearing that up. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I, I understand what you're saying. Cup aliens. Like, oh wait, wait, you know. no, a cup thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Not not a cup alien. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, those are kind of the main things um, left out from Betty's dreams. Like I said, they're what they recant is in their hypnosis sessions is pretty similar to that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't want to retell that whole thing. We heard from our resident psychology expert because he knows more than I do. Uh, Student of the mind. Student of the mind, indeed. Um, so now, Jordan, I'm going to play for you a couple recordings from their sessions. Okay. Um, because I think it's important, because when you hear these, if they're faking this, they're doing a real good job, mm-hmm. like really wanting attention if they're faking this. I'm a big believer in, like, you can hear the the how genuine a person is in their voice. Yeah. So we're going to play that for you guys real quick. Before we begin the the, because I'm gonna play a few video cl- or a few audio clips for you now that are the audio tapes from their hypnosis se- hypnosis sessions. Um, I do want to warn you if you got any kids listening, it sounds a little disturbing, um, and there's a little bit of racial language used. Um, so I just want to throw that out there before we start listening. So this isn't when they're on aboard the ship. This is like when they're seeing everything and he's like out at the car looking at it. Mm-hmm. So that way you know the time period. Like So like he's walking him through those steps. Okay. What is this place? What an area. What is this place? It is Indian Head. I had been there before and I feel comforted that I see a familiar place and I think I will get a good look at this because Betty was very annoying she was annoying by telling me look and I can't look I have to drive the car I want to wake up. You're not going to wake up. You're in deep sleep. You're comfortable. Relaxed. This is not going to trouble you. Go on. 
You can remember everything now. It's right over my right. God. What is it? And I try to maintain control so Betty cannot tell I am scared. God, I'm scared. It's all right. You can go right on and experience it. It will not hurt you now. I got to get my gun. I think of, I think of 
a red-haired Irishman. I don't know why, but I think I know why, because Irish are usually hostile to Negroes, and when I see a friendly Irish person, I react to it by thinking I will be friendly. And I think this one that is looking over his shoulder is friendly. You say looking over his shoulder, was he facing away from you? Yes, he was facing a wall. And you, he, you saw him through this window, or you said there was a row of windows? It was a row of windows, just a huge row of windows, only divided by uh, struts or structures that prevented it from being one solid window. Or then it would have been one solid window. And the evil face on the, he looks like a German Nazi. He is not. Did he have on a uniform? Yes. What kind of uniform? It was black. He had a black scarf around his neck, dangling over his left shoulder. You pointed it out as if it were on you. I never noticed that. Black star or anything. How could you see these figures so clearly at that distance? I was looking at it with binoculars. Oh. Mm -hmm. the, the, the car motor died, the car stalled, and the medic coming to us. He says, Don't be afraid. We're not going to harm you. We just want to do some tests. And they're taking me up to the object. I don't want to go on it. I don't know what's going to happen if I go on it. I don't want to go. There's a room. And they start to take me in the room. And the examiner unzips my vest off. As well, I don't have my my dress or my shoes on. I was laying on the table and I thought, are they putting a cup around my private parts? And they're telling me, I don't have to be afraid. The examiner has a long needle. It's bigger than any needle I've ever seen. And he sticks a nail into my nail. <laughs> and I'm crying and I tell him it's hurting, it's hurting, it's hurting, it's hurting, it's hurting.
Okay, Jordan, so now you've heard some of the transcripts, or not transcripts, you read transcripts, you don't hear them. You heard some of the audio tapes from their sessions. Oral transcripts. Right, oral transcripts. What do you think after hearing that? Barney was uh, freaking out. Yeah, Barney was not okay. Losing it a little bit. Yeah. Had to get his gun. Yeah, but he was like, I need that gun, man. Barney stays ready. So obviously he felt a little threatened. Yeah. I mean, it, that, but then it's, it felt like he made that association, like you said, that he made it a bad association because he got scared because he first and foremost pictured a Irishman? Well, but what I got from hearing that was he he saw red hair and a round face mm-hmm. and he initially associated that with an Irishman, uh, which initially he was scared because of the tendencies he believed of Irishmen. He also said that, you know, whenever he finds a, a real friendly Irishman, it makes him really happy and really comforted. And he felt that this being Ooh, whatever was friendly, right, was friendly. So it wasn't so much that part that was freaking him out. A lot of people say that the prejudices that Barney experienced in his life um, kind of played out through these hypnosis se- hypnosis sessions, mm-hmm. and that kind of pain that he buried down was coming out in a in a strange way. You know, it might have came out in the form of quote unquote an alien abduction, but you could see where that was coming from, and I could see both sides of that argument. Um, but also, I think it was just it could have also just been a man trying to describe it the best way he could. Well, yeah, and I would say, I mean, I wouldn't think that the wife would go word for word along with him if that was the case. Right, and it wasn't like we had a million alien movies out at this point where he could be like, had all these descriptions to pull from. Yeah. Where we have like Star Wars now with a thousand different species in it mm-hmm. that we can pull from. And everything's so, an anal probe. Everything's <laughs> an anal probe. Except in this one. This one's a cup around the balls and a and long, long needle in the belly needle. button. Through these hypnosis sessions, um, that's when everything kind of came through and they're like, Oh, okay. This fills in the gap for us. And mm-hmm. they were kind of on board about it, but they still weren't like, they weren't. Okay. They said that they didn't actively seek fame from this. That's another one. I'm going to put in big air quotes actively because they didn't do anything to hide it. That's for sure. So when the story officially broke, it officially broke in 1965. So four years from the initial encounter and one year, from the sessions, Mm -hmm. the start of the sessions at least. Um, And it made front page news on the Boston Traveler. They claimed they didn't seek publicity, uh, but at the same time they were speaking to friends about it, they were speaking to family about it, um, and then even gave a lecture in 1963, which is prior to the abduction, or of the hypnosis sessions. Mm -hmm. So I'm assuming they just spoke about the before and after of the blackout. They They definitely weren't doing anything to hide it. Yeah. In 1966, the Hills, um, along with Dr. Simon, were approached by author John Fuller, and they came together and wrote The the Interrupted Journey, uh, which is a very successful book, and so successful in the fact they ended up making a movie from it in 1975. And good old uh, James Earl Jones uh, played Barney. Oh, so there's a movie based on this whole account? There is a movie and a book, The Interrupted Journey. Okay. And then... After that point, in 1969, uh, Barney unfortunately passed away of a cerebral hemorrhage. Um, so he died pretty soon after this. Uh, but Betty lived on until 2004 and died of old age. And Betty com- kind of became a celebrity in the UFO world, um, gave so many interviews, and kind of was uh, very outspoken, especially about hy- hypnosis mm-hmm. and how a lot of the abduction 
stories that involved hypnosis she didn't believe because she didn't believe they were being performed by trained professionals that were as trained as the Dr. Simon that performed on them. Mm -hmm. A lot of Betty's notes and tapes and other items are actually stored in a collection at the University of New Hampshire, which is her alma mater. And I okay. think it's, it's kind of cool that a like a university thought this was big and important enough that we need to keep this. They can't. They hung onto it. Yeah, that's awesome. And there's several several universities um, that actually have articles and everything written on this done by the university. I read some things on from the University of New Hampshire, uh, University of Marquette as well. So yeah, it's very it's very respected, mm-hmm. very well looked into. Um, Been and, around a long time. Yeah, and there's even a, a state historical marker placed, like you know, like the big green that has like you know Daniel Boone. Yeah. Well, not Daniel Boone. That's bad. George Washington <laughs> yeah. came through here and yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's a historical marker for this in New Hampshire. That is awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. So, so so that's the Betty and Barney Hill abduction. Okay. I mean, it sounds pretty legit. Yeah. I mean, especially with the, uh, <laughs> with the hypnosis accounts and everything. I know that we got to do, do you got to just, do you got to go? I got to go. <laughs> Just go. Oh man, that was bad. I was like, I don't think we're gonna be able to finish that. <laughs> Train the vein, and he's after, back. After that excursion, well, what do you think about the case? Case, what, what, what's, bu- what's bugging you about it? How you feel overall? Any lingering thoughts? Well, I mean, hypnosis is kind of like, I'm definitely, definitely a skeptic. I've never, like I said, I've never experienced it. Um. So I guess I would have to try it to to know, or at least kind of experience. But everything sounded pretty, uh, I mean, not any more feasible than any other abduction story. But they didn't. It didn't so- seem like they tried to embellish it that much. So it, it, yeah, it didn't get too crazy. Um, I mean, and of course, again, you said this is like this is one of the first. So. Yeah, this is the not like first. they had a lot to draw on if this wasn't necessarily their idea. Exactly. So, yeah, at all of the all of that points towards me wanting to believe them a lot more than some of the ones that have happened in the last couple decades. Okay, okay. Well, let me let me break it down into two parts. How true do you feel is the pre and post blackout? It's like that experiencing the sighting where they. It rolled up on them, and then they blacked out, and then they woke up 35 miles down the road. How do you feel about the validity of just the sighting portion? I mean, for for their accounts to match up as well as they do, and again, I mean, it doesn't seem like they were lying. So I, I would I would give it a, a as far as the sighting goes. I don't I I don't see why that couldn't have happened. Okay, okay. the 35 miles I, that. Yeah, That's I mean, where that chunk of time and <laughs> I've got some cousins that have told me that they were kind of blackout drunk and they don't remember driving home, mm-hmm. um, which I don't know how you do that. And we do not promote drunk driving at the creepy campfire, but uh, no, I definitely blacked out drunk before though. Yeah, but and then driven home? No, certainly. That's not. what blows my. I'm like, how? How are you alive? Yeah, but I people have through a couple states too. That's sick. That's a long drive. Well, they didn't black out for like that long of a journey. I mean, thirty-five miles. It's still it's still a ways, but it's not like cross states. No, but I mean, like if they, I mean, that means they would have had to stop and get real plastered on the road. Oh, you're okay. So you're you're they stopped at a bar in your scenario. You know, like, and I don't think they did that. Like, I think they're I think yeah. They're fine. I think they. 
it's it's quite a ways. I feel like you'd start sobering up by midway through that journey. Right. Yeah. But okay. I so, feel the, so the hypnosis parts where it's a little kind of wishy wash. Well, well, just as much as anything that has to do with hypnosis is never one hundred percent. You know. Yeah. It's like. Yeah, and like Nate was saying, it's not so much used for that. It's more of relaxing someone that's going through some anxiety mm-hmm. issues. But it's hard to get. It's hard to get um, absolutes out of out of that for sure. Definitely. The only thing I got absolutely from that was, I don't know. For me, that sounded like genuine terror. It definitely um, ha- having those as part of like your your research. Um, those definitely. On top of you know what I what I already said as far as you know the time period and how they were some of the first ones to have it happen to them the how they sound on those tapes is like pretty reassuring as to yeah I think fee, so their legit fear that they that they had definitely so I'd give it a I'm more I'm more on I'm more on the side of uh, believing this this one could actually happen I mean maybe not exactly how they remembered it but. Oh, I think that might be the first case that we've got you to say that. Yeah, I mean, besides, you know, the missing persons that are obviously, well, you know, that okay. person's dead and gone. But as far as the ones that we haven't had nice bows to tie everything up in a, you know, legit 100% answers for everything, this is, this one seems more feasible to me. Yeah. Definitely. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I want to say it was just a sighting. They blacked out from whatever shot their car but it's the fact that they traveled that far mm-hmm. that makes me question that and that they're still on the road in one piece 35 miles yeah because 35 miles is uh it's a ways that's a stretch it's a little bit of a stretch i mean you can't drive that with your eyes closed no no so I, don't try it that was good though i liked i liked how you put that one together thank you i appreciate that do you have so so we're wrapping this on up mm-hmm. do you have any idea about your next episode i've been looking around i've been wanting to i told you about this last time i want to do a house haunting like a legit house haunting and i've been looking up a couple of different ones i was thinking of keeping it closer i found one that was in um now when you're saying house haunting are you talking like quote unquote there's a ghost in the house or are you talking there's a like poltergeist activity where the house is just doing weird things i'm talking about kind of all all encompassing um as far as it goes, like I was, I wanted to, I, you know, my first idea when I, when I started thinking about it was the Amityville okay. horror, of course, um, cause that's the biggest one, but I started looking up just famous house hauntings and, and what that could entail. Cause it ranges as far as the experiences that people have had. Um, I was thinking of keeping it local though. And I saw that there was one that actually still does tours and stuff like that and there's a haunted house it's called the whaley house in san diego the whaley 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 okay so maybe maybe on that one i don't know if i want to do it just because there's so much on it and it already and like i said they still do like they have a legit website where you can sign up for a for a tour like a fright seeing tour okay we might save that for an excursion then yeah, right? I think that'd be kind of fun. I want to cook some of those up. Like, I'd like to do Alcatraz. Dude, I wanna, I've been wanting to go... This this podcast alone giving me reason to go to Winchester House. Yeah, I've wanted to go for my entire life. For sure. And no. I've never been. I want to go... Like, even... Okay, I'm going to throw this out there. I personally... I'll let you do that episode. Winchester? Yes, because personally, 
I don't feel that there was anything paranormal with that. Mm-hmm. I felt like Mrs. Winchester just went through a psychological break, and that's what led to the Winchester house. Last year there was a movie on her, right? Yeah, about I think Winchester? it was last year, 2018, 2017, mm-hmm. something like that. Kate Blanchett or something yeah. like that? I, I don't think there was anything paranormal, but you know, I will let you do that episode and see if you can convince me otherwise. Yeah, I didn't want to do just like straight up like ghosts or anything like that. The thing that always that interested interested me specifically in house hauntings and more specifically about stuff like Amityville, yeah, is the crazy crazy stuff that happens specifically in that one, yeah. like the blood running down the walls and the flies mm-hmm. covering all the windows and the dad always seems to go crazy in the family. Just right. random happenings like that and the red uh-huh. balloon, not red balloon. There's something red. The red balloon, that's it. I know, it? but there's like a red trigger. There's like a red trigger. I can't remember what it is, but there's yeah. there's like a trigger. And I haven't seen any of the movies because really? I'm not really I mean, into... I haven't either. I'm not. It's not probably going to break some listeners' hearts, but like, I don't care for scary or horror movies. I like, don't usually either. It's just not my jam. Had enough negative in my life. I'd rather keep it positive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like a good I like a good scary movie. It from a couple of years ago was fantastic. My favorite is still The Strangers, and that would yeah that one really gets a lot of people because that was actually a real happening, and it was absolutely terrible. But yeah, okay, so scary. So we we're not sure which, but your next one's probably going to be a haunted house, huh? Mm-hmm. And you guys are probably wondering why we went like like fourteen plus episodes, and we're called Creepy Campfire without doing a ghost story. Uh, <laughs> Specifically, it's, yeah. It's because we wanted to be very careful about that. So we kind of we dipped our toes into the podcast waters with things that aren't too racy, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time still really fun. Yeah. So, but I feel pretty strongly when it comes to ghosts, mm-hmm. uh, as far as uh, how they're represented, it can be dangerous. Um, like, like how feel like how I and other people feel about the Ouija board like you shouldn't mess with it you should know what you're getting yourself into um, and I think there's some dangerous things people get themselves into with ghosts so um, what we've been what I've been planning on and it's been getting put off and put off and put off we'll probably have it ha- we'll have it happen before that episode drops um, and it might even just be a little mini-sode um, but we're all me Jordan and Cassandra will all sit down and we're going to have kind of little because uh, I think we might I think me and Cassandra are kind of on the same page but I think between us and Jordan we might have a little different view about ghosts uh, which isn't isn't wrong um, and everyone's entitled to their own opinion mm-hmm. uh, but because I'm I along with Jordan I think Jordan agrees that it can be dangerous on how people perceive ghosts well yeah I don't want to put words in your mouth no well yeah I mean what do you mean by per- why, why how people perceive them um, we'll get into that with, so I want to have like kind of a mini so probably like a little like 30 minute mini sode where we kind of all round table our view of ghosts and what we think ghosts are and mm-hmm. what comes with ghosts. Um, and we'll kind of hash that out there. Okay. And then, so that'd be kind of a fun little discussion episode that we've never had before. So that's another new thing you guys get. Yeah. So we'll do that and then we'll do, um, do a haunted house of some kind somewhere yeah yeah i'm gonna find one and I, then i want to find one that's really juicy though and then our next we don't have a planned time for it uh might be before that might be after it but our next urban legends episode minnesota good old minnesota 
you guys showing us love, so we're going to show it back. Uh, yes. So if you are a listener in Minnesota, uh, first off, thank you for taking the time to listen. Thank everybody. Mm-hmm. Everybody. I don't care if you're the only person from some little corner in the world. We appreciate every single person that listens to the show. Everybody. Uh, but Minnesota, you guys have just came out um, in numbers out of nowhere and and listened to the show. So we want to give you guys a coming little bit through, back. Guys, coming through. So if you have any any urban legends, any local legends, anything that's happened to you um, in Minnesota, please contact us with that. Because if you guys have any local stories uh, and you let us know about it, that's what we want to do the episode mm-hmm. on. That's the whole point of these urban legends. Uh, kind of that whole spread of word of mouth thing. They're a little less, yeah. They're a little less intense. Not an hour and a half long episode like this one, uh, but they're they're just more fun, more mm-hmm. fun to kind of kick them kick them around. Yeah. And if you're not from Minnesota, we still want to hear from you guys too. Um, if you have any personal stories at all, I'm talking. If you had Nessie in your local lake and you saw it, if you seen aliens, if you were abducted with the hills, if you have any kind of strange encounter any kind of ghost story if you are currently living in a haunted house yes anything i don't care how big it is i don't care how small it is we just want to want to take that time and talk to you guys about it we really appreciate you taking the time first of all to listen but second to shoot us those emails and and it's fun we we want to interact with our listeners because um, we, we we just want to do that it's part of the mm-hmm. show uh, we can if you do have any personal stories uh, we would love to be able to share them on the air uh, we can either just simply read your email if you're a little shy, uh, but if not, we can either have you record it and send it to us, or we can do a little phone interview. Any and all feedback is welcome, though. Yes. Where can they reach us, Jordan? Creepycampfirepodcast at gmail.com. That's right. we got Weebly, our host site, Weebly. No, our host site is uh, Podbean. And you can listen, I mean, obviously you're listening to us now, but you can let your friends know that you can listen to us anywhere. I mean, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, um, Apple Podcast. If there's a podcast thing out there, then you can listen to us on it. Mm -hmm. Um, If you want to check out our show notes um, and look into these topics a little further, check out our sites, uh, or excuse me, check out our sources. Got that new Uh, website up. Yeah, we got the website up and going. I'm updating it as we speak. Yeah, so get in touch with us. We really appreciate you. Uh, And until the next time, everybody, stay Stay toasty. toasty.